0: the makers of G. Washington Coffee will bring you each week at this time a dramatization of one of the famous stories of Sir Arthur Conan Doyle. I don't know how many of our listeners will agree, but for us, this is a red-letter day, because it marks the beginning of another series of visits to the comfortable, firelit study of Dr. Watson, to hear his hair-raising reminiscences of Sherlock Holmes' adventures, and to drink his delicious G. Washington Coffee. Dr. Watson was not with us last winter because he was taking what he called his sabbatical year. It seems that he spent a great deal of that time with a certain travel-worn and battered dispatch box in the vaults of Holton Company, private bankers in Charing Cross. Out of it, he has unearthed papers containing notes on Sherlock Holmes cases which have not been told previously on the air. So now we stroll down the quiet, tree-lined street. Yes, here's the house with its dark curtains. We turn in the neat little path. The familiar door with its brightly polished brass knocker opens to welcome us, and we find ourselves in Doctor Watson's well remembered study. The easy chairs, the rows of worn books, the kettle steaming cozily on the hearth—everything just the same. Even the old doctor? Yes. <laughs> well, well, well. This is like old times, isn't it, Mr. Bell? Yes, I do. no idea how I've I'd missed these little sessions of ours. Here. What more appropriate way to celebrate our reunion than by preparing a cup of our old favorite G. Washington coffee? That's what I've been looking forward to, Dr. Watson. Ah, I see you have everything ready to make it. Oh, that was very easy. <laughs> The only preparation necessary was to heat the water. Then I'll take the lid off the can. Mm-hmm. A teaspoonful of G. Washington's coffee crystals in your cup, and one in mine. Add the hot water. Yeah. There they are. Help us out the cream and sugar. Thank you. My, <sighs> <Well>, that's good. <laughs> You're a perfect host, Dr. Watson. No, I know. You're pulling my leg. Being a good host with G. Washington's coffee, Mr. Bell's no trouble at all. It only takes a minute, and it's as easy to make as a slice of toast. Or as easy to use as granulated sugar. How's that for freshness and convenience? Well, I'd say, like Sherlock Holmes, it couldn't be beat. Oh, 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 no, now, another hint, Mr. Bell. <laughs> <laughs> well, yes, we'd better get on with our story, I suppose. What adventure are we to start off with tonight, uh, Dr. Watson? Uh, how it be if I tell you how Sherlock Holmes solved the case of the Hebraic Breastplate. Hebraic Breastplate? Yes, it was quite a famous museum piece. Some authorities went so far as to say it had been worn originally by King Solomon himself. At any rate, it was supposed to have a curse attached to it. To my own personal knowledge, it caused the death of two men and nearly robbed an eminent scholar of his good name. That sounds sufficiently ominous for anyone, Dr. Wyman. It was, Mr. Bell, it was. Why, even now, when I recall that night in the dark, deserted halls, of the Belmore Street Museum with a moonlight sliding slowly from one of those incredible mummy cases to the other. But (laughs) there I go, anticipating myself as usual. Anticipation, you know, you're starting chills running up and down my spine. (laughs) Have I? Indeed. Inconsiderate of me, it? Well, plenty of time for that later on. In any event, the whole thing started one foggy afternoon in March of the year 1894. You know the sort of day we have in London at that season? A yellowish fog blew in cold, dank waves down Baker Street. It was no day for venturing abroad, and yet that was just what I was planning to do. As I entered the sitting room of our lodgings, in search of my top hat, I found the place in even wilder disorder than usual. In the midst of this chaos sat Holmes, his long tapering fingers and his hawk-like nose intent on a singularly unsavory mess of chemical abracadabra. Retort, seized and boiled, the weird blue flame of a Bunsen burner was reflected in his eyes. Mad Watson, absolute pride. Don't move, don't breathe. A man's life depends on this test. Now, you see this leader retort? Yes. The of the appearance of clear water. It is clear water, Watson, with the addition of an infinitesimal amount of an unknown substance extracted from a small stain on a man's coat sleeve. Is that substance blood, human blood? That's the important question. Now, we add a few white crystals and wait for the reaction. Ooh. I think, oh, the water's changing color. It's turned a dull mahogany. Yes, and there's a distinct brownish dust precipitated at the bottom of the retort. Magnificent. Positively magnificent, Watson. The old Guaiacum and microscopic test for the blood corpuscles was clumsy and uncertain. But this test, the Sherlock Holmes test, is infallible. The prisoner is guilty, Watson. Guilty as the devil. That brownish precipitate will hang him. Holmes, you know, your scientific cold-bloodedness gives me the creep. Uh, nonsense, Watson, nonsense. You wouldn't hesitate to shoot down a hawk that had been preying on your livestock, would you? Why hesitate to destroy the criminal who has been fattening on the blood of human beings? Must you be so graphic in your descriptions, Holmes? Where's my hat? What hat? My top hat. Of course, I left it in here when I came in from visiting my patients this morning. How anyone can expect to find anything in all this litter? here, uh, Watson, if you can't keep track of your own wearing apparel, I'm sure that I can Oh, Oh, uh, uh, that wouldn't be it by any chance. Where? Uh, there, on the floor by the desk. Oh, oh I say, Holmes, you've used it as a waste paper basket. Oh, again. Sorry, Watson, sorry, but if you will leave it about. You know, what would you want with a hat this late in the afternoon? Surely you're not thinking of venturing out into this foul weather? I am. I most certainly am. Furthermore, it may interest you to know that since you've become involved in this soup case, the house has smelled like a cross between a crate of distinctly senile eggs and a bear pit. The weather may be foul, but it's not as foul as the atmosphere of this room, mind mm-hmm. you. Yeah, I no idea you were so delicate. Besides, I've just received an invitation from my friend Ward Mortimer to go round to the Belmore Street Museum and view the collection. Oh, Mortimer's about to take over the curatorship, I believe. Well, what's become of the old curator, Professor Andrews? He can't be much over 55, and the reputation of his management and lecture courses was excellent. And he turned in his resignation at the last meeting of the board of trustees, I believe. Yes, but for what reason? Oh, something about failing eyesight. Mm-hmm. Thought they should have a younger man in charge of such a valuable collection. promised to accompany Mr. Mortimer on his first tour of inspection this afternoon. They say the professor's a wonder. That's why I'm particularly anxious to go. Yeah, so now Ward Mortimer is trying to fill the professor's shoes, huh? I thought he was still excavating near Thebes in the Valley of the King. Oh, no. After Mortimer exhumed what's believed to be the mummy of Cleopatra in the inner room of the Temple of Horns at Pylee, he decided to come home. Uh, so he found it, did he? Yes, I thought he might. Watson, I think I'll join you in your visit to the Belmore Street Museum. But look here, Holmes, you weren't invited. No matter, Watson, no matter. Ward Mortimer will be delighted to see me. It was I who suggested to him that he should dig at Filey for Cleopatra's remains. Besides, uh, now that you mention it, the the air in this room is a bit tainted. Yes, it might be as well to go elsewhere until the uh, aroma clears away. It's an unexpected pleasure. Oh, I'm delighted to see you again, Mr. Mortimer. So you found the lady where I told you to look for her, huh? Cleopatra? Yes. Indeed, I did. But how in the world you knew she was there is beyond me. Now, I keep telling him he's lucky he wasn't born a few centuries back. He's been burned for witchcraft. Oh, nonsense, Watson. <laughs> nonsense. The whole matter was extremely simple. Merely the correct interpretation of an old papyrus that has never been correctly translated before. Oh, well, that's beside the point. I believe we're here to see the treasures of the museum. Of course. I'm a very neglectful host, I'm afraid. I don't believe you met Professor Andrews. Mr. Holmes, Dr. Watson. Uh, how do you do, gentlemen? Uh, this is a great privilege, Professor Andrews. Uh-huh. Uh, you're very kind, gentlemen. And this is my valued assistant, Captain Wilson, whom Mr. Mortimer uh-huh. has been trying to pray to stay on. But Wilson has been invited to join an expedition with his intent on digging up dusty relics in Asia Minor. We feel we have at last located the site of the ancient city of Troy. Think what it would mean, gentlemen, to see the very halls where Helen lives to walk the streets where Achilles, Hector. Uh, there you are. Uh, it's what I call the digging fever. All archaeologists suffer from a curly attack of it. Uh, but, uh, come, uh, let us begin our tour of inspection. Uh, for me, this is at once a proud and a sad occasion. But in any event, my love of the collection is, I hope, greater than any personal regret. This museum needs the supervision and protection of a man in full possession of all his faculties. Oh, no, and, professor. Oh, my failing sight. Uh, however, enough of that. There are fifteen rooms in this museum, gentlemen, all given over to the treasures of the Orient. But this hall in which we are now standing, which contains the Jewish and Egyptian collections, is undoubtedly the pick of the lot. Now, let us take the Jewish side first. Yes, yes, indeed. And here oh, is what man. I believe to be the only authentic duplicate of the famous seven-branch candlestick of the temple, which was brought to Rome, as you know, by Titus, and which is lying at this instant somewhere in the mud in the bed of the river Tiber. And uh, here, in this case, is perhaps the most valuable article in the entire museum. Now, uh, where do I put the keys to lock yes, uh, 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 here we are. Uh. I say it is a beauty, whatever it is. Twelve enormous tones, all different colors, like paint in the paint box, and set in gold. And each tone has some funny-looking on its surface. Those are ancient Hebrew hieroglyphics, Dr. Watson. This is the Urim and Thummim. The Urim and Watson? Urim and Thummim was the name given to the jewel plate which lay on the breast of the high priest of the Jews. Which fact you would remember, Watson, if you'd paid better attention in your Sunday school days. Not really, home, Holmes I the home is, is correct. Gentlemen, the jeweled breastplate of the high priest was held in a special reverence by the ancient Hebrews, somewhat as the Sibylline books were regarded in the capital of Rome. This particular of Tumen is the most magnificent in existence. In fact, uh, I believe I am correct in saying that it belonged originally to Solomon himself. At any rate, those hieroglyphics are supposed to be the curse of Solomon. Curse of Solomon? <laughs> 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 yes, sir. yes. Sir. This breastplate is supposed to bring death to anyone who lays his reverent hands upon it. Uh, that is I no one but Captain Wilson and myself have been allowed to handle it. I see. In other words, something has occurred which leads you to believe the curse is still in effect. Well, I'm not what you would call the superstitious man myself. And yet, within a week of the time when that cat first came to this museum the night watchman was found dead one morning with the breastplate in his hand. You mean he'd attempted to steal it? Uh, probably. Jewels as magnificent as these are bound to be a great temptation. However, I must say that since the first calamity became known, it has been left entirely unmolested. Yes, the stones are remarkably large. May I see them more closely, please? Uh, are you, uh, oh, please, uh, you will pardon me, Mr. Holmes, if I seem too cautious, but I would rather you didn't touch them. You see, I would like to bring my curatorship to a close without further activity. Oh, yes, yes, it's quite understandable, I'm sure. I only wish to determine the classification. Oh, I can tell you that. Counting from the top left-hand corner, the stones are carnelian, peridot, emerald, ruby, lapis lazuli, onyx, sapphire, agate, amethyst, topaz, ferial, and jasper. Captain Wilson, who is a practical authority upon precious stones, will tell you that these are remarkably pure. Oh, quite. And the gold work is also worthy of attention. If you'll observe closely the tiny pattern... Uh, uh, pardon and... me, suggestion, but uh, you'll find a finer example of the Jewish gold work in the candlestick in the next case. Uh, quite so, Wilson, quite so. And uh, we can all handle that quite freely. Uh, come, gentlemen. Uh, uh, Wilson, uh, you will return this best sacred case, if you please. Certainly, Professor And uh, make sure the case is locked. Oh, absolutely. Uh, uh, here's the key. You. And the Now, gentlemen, um, let's inspect this gold candlestick. Uh, one moment, Professor. This uh, mummy case, this is uh, recent acquisition, I think. Yes, certainly. But uh, how did you know? Well, there is a tiny particle of Excelsior packing still on the floor. Ah, so there is. Yeah, yeah. I'm afraid the teen woman is getting carried again. How about this mummy case? Surely it is of Egyptian origin, and yet you placed it here among the Judean relics. Ah, a very nice point, Mr. Holmes. The mummy case is undoubtedly of Egyptian manufacture. And yet it was unearthed in the remains of Solomon's Temple. Probably the last resting place of... Some high priest who admired the Egyptian culture, these various oriental civilizations often overlap. Yes, 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 but does the case still contain the money? Oh, yes, indeed. It is coincidence, isn't it? The high priest returns to watch over the urine and which he wore some thousands of years ago. Yes, you need a plurient horse, gentlemen. No one can be afraid No, you. Oh, my oh, God! Oh, oh, oh. oh, what's that? Good oh, oh, heavens! Listen, listen! What's wrong? What's increasing? Good heavens! He's having to jump oh, 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 oh. Quick, quick! Someone! Get a doctor! Get it off Too late, yes. Professor Andrews. I'm afraid the poor chap's dead. Dead? Dead? That's impossible. Yes, yes. Not entirely, Professor. Hmm. Poor chap has something held tight in his right hand. Now, let's find out what it is. It's extraordinary, and regular setting already. Yes, I can hardly stretch the thing without breaking the fingers. Yes. Yes, yes, just as I thought. It's the Jewish breastplate. For the love of heaven, give it to me before something happens to you. Oh, calm, Mr. Professor. The curse has spent itself at least for the time being. That breastplate. I wish I'd never lay eyes on the accursed thing. Poor Wilson. What a horrible end to my term of office. Professor Andrews, Wilson's death, if I am not greatly mistaken, is not an end to anything. It's just the beginning. (laughs) Here, Holmes. Do you have to eat all the kippers? I'm merely doing it to prevent you from blowing up, Watson. The wastelands a disgrace. Here, pour me out another (laughs) cup of coffee. There's a good chap. Why, is that what you are? (laughs) Utterly (laughs) and irrevocably spoiled. That was tragic, the sudden death of that poor young chap yesterday afternoon. You mean Captain Watson? Well, who do you think I meant? Humpty Dumpty. (laughs) Who'd have thought to look at him? The fellow had a bad heart. It wasn't his heart that caused his death, Watson. It was Solomon's cat. Oh, now you're being fantastic. There's nothing fantastic about that death, my dear Watson. It's very real and extremely efficacious. What are you babbling about, Holmes? The ancient oriental poison in the little needle hidden in the back of that Jewish breastplate. No, the ancient orientals knew a great deal more about poisons than we do, thank heaven. You mean Captain Wilson was poisoned? Oh, what do you think? You saw the Titanic convulsions, the extreme post mortem rigor? I do. You may be right at that. Maybe, I am right. Wilson was killed by the jolly little mechanism hidden at the back of the breastplate. Yes, but if that needle thing in the bob still works, oughtn't you to warn the authorities or something? No, 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 necessarily. No use harrowing the poor old professor with the idea that the death of his guard and his assistant might have been prevented. Yes, but what if someone else gets himself punctured? That's not very likely, Watson. You see, I took the precaution of removing the little pin before I handed the thing back to Professor Andrews. Well, then, if the danger is removed, what made you say that Wilson's death was just the beginning of the trouble. Uh, oh, come in, come in. Ah, oh, Mrs. Hudson, and in the role of Hermes, if I'm not mistaken. Who's she? Uh, he, Mrs. Hudson. He, Hermes, was the messenger of the Greek gods. You mean the one with the feathers on his hat and on his feet? Yes. I'll oh, thank you not to compare me with the likes of him, Mr. Holmes. I've got more clothes on, I hope. Oh, yes, 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 quite, quite. I was merely alluding to the letter you have in your hand addressed to me, if I'm not mistaken. It is he's and what's more, it's urgent. Come by and it is. The messenger's waiting in a cab outside. I oh, don't see. Well, 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 let's see what it's all about. Dear yeah. mm. yeah, Mr. Holmes, we have been robbed. Come at once. Sign Ward Mortimer. Well, Watson, get your hat. You have the answer to your question, and I hardly hoped it would come so soon, though. As you can see, Mr. Holmes, the breastplate has been tampered with. Someone must have done it during the night. The settings of the first six stones are rough and jagged as if someone had scraped around them. It looks to me as if someone had been trying to take out the stones, eh, Holmes? My fear is that he not only tried, but succeeded, Dr. Watson. And these six stones are imitation. You may put aside your fears on that score, Mr. Mortimer. I'll stake my reputation with all six of these stones is genuine. Thank heaven for that. And what in the world did the thief want? Well, perhaps if we consult Professor Andrews in the matter, we might... I tried to get in touch with him, but it seems that he left for Scotland yeah. last night. Pity. Now, a... uh, did the watchman hear anything in the night? I've questioned him thoroughly, I promise you. He made it round four times as usual, but at no time did he see or hear anything amiss. And yet this job must have taken the better part of eight hours to complete. Now, could this thief have entered through the window? Possible. Uh, all heavily barred. Furthermore, I myself attended to the locking and bolting of the main door last night. All the locks and bolts were intact this morning. Mm, And uh, that uh, skylight up there now, where does that lead? That goes on to the lumber room, Mr. Holden. But it's remained unopened for years, as you can see by the dust on it. Well, uh, what other openings are there to the museum? There's a door to my private room. Mm. But even that is locked at night. And in order to reach it, anyone from the street would have to open my outer door as well. And neither you nor the watchman heard anything? Not a thing. Significant. Very Significant. Yes, Watson, I think a night spent in the lumber room upstairs is indicated. The work is not finished. Six of the stones remain untouched. And I'm very anxious to see the intruder who can slide through a locked door and who is completely invisible to your night watchman, Mr. Mortimer. rusty hinge. Oh, it's as dark as the inside of my pocket up here. Ooh. Ooh. Oh I've stumbled over something. that well, if I'm not mistaken is the skylight we've discovered. Yes, sir. Yes, I can feel the glass. It's so covered with dust you can't see a thing. But let me wipe it off. Stop, stop, leave it alone. We don't want to be visible to anyone from below. Yes, but how in I'll, I'll you see it off a peephole for you and one for myself. Now oh, if you lie down on the floor and put your eye to that. But in my best trousers, the case is filthy. Yes, well, here, here's some sacking I brought along. Oh, all right, but I must say, help oh, that. Oh, come out that dust. What? Oh, you sound like a 21-gun salute. Do you want to frighten the thief? Well, I didn't do it on purpose. The moonlight shining in through the window down there is extremely bright, thank How weird everything looks in that light. That mummy case seems almost in my Holmes? What's that curious evil glow directly below us? Like many colored eyes. Those are the gems in the Jewish breastplate. only six of them seem to be on fire. Yes, for the very good reason that only six of them are real. But you said uh, what I said. Keep your eye on that breastplate. 11 o'clock, Holmes. Yes, we won't be able to wait much longer. Holmes! The head on that mummy case. Look, it's moving. Good Lord, so it is. The lid is sliding back. The mummy case is opening up. Holmes, there's a hand in the open. A white, thin hand of a mummy. What if it's the high priest? Holmes, let's get out of here. I don't don't know, Watson. Don't breathe. It's not a mummy. It's a man. A small, thin man. He's feeling out the mummy case like a fox out of his burrow. Turns his head quickly from left to right. I can't see the face. Holmes, Holmes. He's slinking to the case. The case that contains the breastplate. He raises the lid. Faces in the moonlight. Good Lord, it's Professor Andrews. Oh, he sure said you confounded. He's trying to get away. Wait the glass, Watson. We must stop through and catch him. Here, hold him out, Watson. Oh, no, no. He's down, up! Mortimer, Mortimer, light the gas. I'm coming. Have you got him? Yes, light the gas. Don't let him go, Watson. No fear. Good Lord, it's Professor oh. Andrews. Of course, I knew it from the first. Fill him the thief. Oh, no, you're wrong, Mortimer. Professor Andrews is not the thief. The thief is dead. Uh, thank you, Mr. Holmes. I, really, my conduct is entirely reprehensible. I realize that I am not a thief. In fact, I didn't realize the jewels had been stolen until I found them in Captain Wilson's effects after his death. Yes, I knew they were false when I saw them yesterday afternoon, Professor. I didn't want to spoil your last day in office. Oh, that was very kind of you, Mr. Holmes. When Wilson stole them, I don't know. You see, my eyesight has been failing for some time. And although I used to be a very good judge of precious stones... Yes, I... but Holmes, you told me yourself this morning that those jewels were real. Only the first six months my dear Mortimer. Only the first six Professor Andrews replaced those last night. Unfortunately, his handiwork was not as neat as Wilson's had been. You probably to his failing eyesight, and you were able to detect it. Yes, but Professor Andrews, when you found the jewels, why didn't you inform the police? What good would that have done? It would would have discredited my whole regime. And back in the name of Captain Wilson, no. Surely he's paid the punishment of his crime. Furthermore, I owed it to him. After all, I knew of that poison needle. I thought the mechanism, the controller wouldn't work. It is true, but I should have had it removed. Don't blame yourself too severely, Professor. The cause of Wilson's death goes further back than any of us remember. Back to the curse of Solomon. After all, he had laid profane hands upon the breastplate of the high priest, and the wrath of the god of Judea is not to be taken lightly. A remarkable story, Dr. Watson. But how did Sherlock Holmes deduce that it was Professor Andrews who had tampered with the breastplate? Holmes would say, elementary, Mr. Bell, elementary. Professor Andrews was the only person who knew the night watchman's routine and could therefore keep out of his way. Besides, Holmes figured that Professor Andrews had probably retained his key to the curator's door and could therefore slip in and out of the museum at will. Simple, isn't it, when you know how it's done? As simple as making a cup of G. Washington's coffee. There you go, pulling my leg again, Mr. Burl. If the solution of that crime were as easy as making this coffee, why, a four-year-old child could have solved it. But here, I'm sure he would like another cup. Elementary, Dr. Watson, elementary. You can't go wrong on that deduction. Of course I want another cup, but can't I have one of these new one-cup services and make my own? Oh, oh, I see they fascinate you as they do everyone who sees them. Tear open the soft metal top. Yes. Yes. Empty the fresh crystals into your cup. Add the hot water. And there's a cup of fragrant coffee, as fresh as fresh can be. Uh There's no end to G. Washington magic, Dr. Watson. Next week at this same hour, Dr. Watson will be with us again with another of his famous stories of the adventures of Sherlock Holmes.